0: Kirk Kinsey and I am once again alone for the night as Josh is unable to record as far as I know he is feeling better Um, just still trying to catch up on everything so here I am tonight by myself to recap the 2-1 loss to the San Jose Earthquakes LAFC's first loss to this team I think it's the first time we haven't won I don't even think we've drawn with with them since entering the league which is really shocking. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's um, Even though LAFC haven't been good lately, it's still odd to me to have to talk about this. Um, it's just a bad performance all around and LAFC had chances that they didn't capitalize on i'm sure that's going to be the theme of the apologetics tour that we're going to get from people associated with the club um but you won't get it from me i am um i'm high on this team's future because i i know what this team is capable of i know that the tactics work i know that Overall, the roster is good, but I am unsatisfied with the way this team has been able to deal with any sort of adversity, including injuries, including COVID, um, including being down to teams this season. It just hasn't been good enough the entire time. And I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. I think anybody that's watched closely has seen that this year. Um, so I did say, like I said, the, the result is shocking because it comes against this San Jose Earthquakes team. Uh, but at the same time, not really, because it's this LAFC team as well who has conceded a lot of goals in the past I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games and hasn't scored them like we always do. It seems like we've got, I'd have to go back at the, and look at the scores, but you know, we've got three or four wins in the past, I don't know, seven or eight games probably and all blowout wins basically where we get out ahead and we can't stop scoring. I'm not sure if there's any other explanation than, Once we get ahead, teams get stretched out trying to chase us and we're able to put goals in behind them. Um, But certainly tonight, that wasn't the case. San Jose kept chasing, kept chasing, kept chasing. Looked like they were giving more effort the entire night and eventually caught us in the 80th minute. Uh, They're able to equalize with a goal from Shea Salinas. This goal... Um, makes me pretty angry, to be honest with you, because it's something that we continue to see. We didn't really get to see the buildup because it happened so quickly. This comes right after the Brian Rodriguez miss. Uh, he gets a pass from Mark Anthony K and is in on goal by himself um, and puts a right-footed shot right at the keeper. Very low, easy to save. It's not a good effort. Um, it's a, it's a one-time. He's kind of forced to play it on, on his first touch, which I think uh, probably, again, as I've talked about many times, he's not a natural finisher. This is a flaw in his game. I make no apology for that. Um, he's not a natural finisher. Whether or not the club picked up on that when they bought him, I have no idea. Uh, I don't feel like he was really billed to us as a as a finisher. I think we just have all become accustomed to LAFC wingers, namely Rossi and Vela, being goal-dominant and always finishing. I will say that at the beginning, Rossi was not a very good finisher, and it's something that he's put together, but it didn't take him this long, I don't think, to to make an impact in goal-scoring. So anyway, immediately after Rodriguez um, misses that chance, the keeper plays it out. San Jose kick it around the back a few times into the midfield, and Atuesta fouls one of their midfielders while he's on the ball. And this is, I don't know, it's about 20, 30 seconds after the, the Rodriguez chance. So after the foul during that little pause is when the uh, ESPN or whoever it is that's broadcasting, this cuts away. Maybe you guys saw it on YouTube TV. I don't know, but on ESPN plus um, I didn't get to see it. Uh, all I saw was Jackson, Yule set the ball down and then a camera shot of Edward Atuesta. And then the, it cuts away to a replay of the, of the Rodriguez chance and right as it cuts away, you see the ball go behind Edward Atuesta, and I think this is Jackson Ewell playing a long ball down the left wing in behind Latif Blessing. Um, I say this because as soon as the replay is over, it's Shea Salinas in on goal. Latif Blessing is nowhere to be found. So again, what's frustrating to me is. On another set piece, this uh, you, you can't even really call it a set piece because it's from their own half. But there's a stoppage, and Latif was not involved in the attack with Brian Rodriguez. That was off of a turnover, basically. Um, that we just kind of turned it over. Mark Anthony K gets on the ball and plays in Rodriguez, and so Latif is in position, or he should be in position. There's no excuse for him to be caught up field here. Because, again, it got played out from a goal kick. It's been batted around the back a few times. There's not a whole lot of pressure. And then there's a foul. So immediately what he should be doing is turning around and observing, where is my man? What's going on behind me? And before he has a chance to do that, seemingly, Jackson Ewell plays this ball behind him. And we see the limitations of LAFC's back line. Because here is a right back and he's out of position and chase misses in on goal. Jakovic has to cover. And it's like we see with Vela all the time. Uh, when you have a, an inverted winger, it's, it's really difficult to f- to defend. Even with two defenders, Jakovic is by himself and the ball gets curled around Sisniega from inside the box. Um, that is entirely on Latif' blessing. I don't have to see the play. I'm sure we'll get a breakdown from Bob after the game. Uh, he tends to have this sort of encyclopedic memory of all the goals that are scored. I'm interested to to finish the recording here and go listen to his to his uh, to his presser about it because he seems to always talk about the goals. But it's got to be Latif out of position. Again, given the the speed at which Jackson Ewell picks up his head, plays the ball back there, the video cuts to replay, and then all of a sudden the ball is in the back of the net. Uh, that's the only explanation that I can come up with, and it fits with a very common theme that we've seen, which is Latif and our other right backs being out of position. Um, now, we've talked about how that's part of the game plan is to get the fullbacks far up the pitch and help in the attack and how they're they're supposed to be used as a creative force. But again, we're not talking about a team that was countering. We're talking about a team that had just had a goal kick and then played off of a, a foul in in their own midfield. So there's no, there's no reason for anybody to be out of position there. Um, Anyway, that's in like the 80th minute. And for me, it kind of felt like things had turned about five or 10 minutes before that. And they and San Jose, to their credit, just kept dialing up the pressure. And it felt like for the next 10 minutes, LAFC couldn't really manage anything on the ball. They couldn't really uh get away from the pressure. And you could tell that San Jose was giving incredible effort and really wanted that. What I will say about Matias Almeida is even though I don't like his system um And I don't think it's a long term solution for any team, especially in MLS, uh, with the way the rosters are constructed. That man has his team bought in 100%. And you can see it in the way that team looked for the goal at the end and the way that they celebrated after Jackson Ewell's goal. And that'll, so now that we're at that goal, this is another one where nobody should be caught out of position here because, uh, they, again, from a goal kick, ball is played long. Uh, I don't know whose head it finds. It eventually goes out of bounds. And this happens off of a throw-in. A throw-in. Uh, you know, in our attacking third, there's plenty of time for everybody for everybody to get back. And Diego Palacios gets beat. Eddie Segura tries to cover. And it goes the ball goes down into into the corner. Edward Atuesta comes over to help. And I don't I don't know who it is, Espinosa maybe, is able to get free and plays the ball. Oh no, he plays the whoever that is, plays the ball into I think it was Cade, whatever his name is, uh, the young kid on on San Jose. Uh, he's able to get away from Eddie Segura and Edward Atuesta plays the ball into Espinoza. Jakovic has this kind of like stabbing effort with his leg, gets beat off the dribble. And Andy Nahar is the only defender even close and is not scanning at all. Has no idea where the attackers are because he's so, he's so focused on what the ball, the, on what the, the man with the ball is doing that Jackson Ewell runs right by him and is in all by himself on Cisniega. Uh the ball comes in from Espinoza. Yule does this little uh uh behind the you know like behind the leg flick around Cisniega and it's over in the ninety-third minute. Um I am done with Andy Nahar. I don't need to see him again. Uh I know we will, I know He's part of the team, but I do not think that he has it defensively. Again, I've, I've talked about it before, but the way that he gets beat one-on-one is not okay. And today, tonight, the way that he lost track of the only runner in the box uh, is just completely unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Janelle is also in the in the area, and uh, I will I will gladly place some blame on him for not tracking Yule coming into the box as well. Um, but there's no excuse for a quote unquote veteran right back to be in the middle of the box, and as a cross is about to come in, have no idea who was around him, and then get beat like that. Uh, it's just, it's not okay at all for a veteran to do that. And what you see is the right back position continues to be a major problem for LAFC. And it's one that came about by their own creation. Um, they had Tristan Blackman, they had Stephen Bateshore, they had Walker Zimmerman last year, and I think you could have added Diego Palacios to that back line and you would have been fine. Uh, Palacios looked shaky to start last year. He's looked better this year. I've, I've I've enjoyed most everything I've seen from him. But the other side of the line, once you sell Walker Zimmerman and your your plan is to not sign Beta Shore and move Blackman inside, I feel like a broken record sometimes. But <laughs> you have to have something else there. And if the plan was we have we have Blackman to be our starting center back and we have Nahar to be our starting right back so we don't need to re-sign Betashore because we have Latif that can fill in there and we have Jakovic and we have Harvey and we have Silva in place, then okay. That was your plan coming into the season was to cash in while you could on Walker Zimmerman and not have to pay Betashore. But that plan has failed and that's okay. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you're going to make moves that aren't going to to work out. That's okay. What is unacceptable to me is not addressing the problem. Now, granted, we're still in a transfer window, so I think there's another week where LAFC could be announcing signings. Um, But if they don't see that as a problem, that's a problem, a bigger problem, to be honest. If they don't recognize that the right center back, right back position is in absolute turmoil and costing this team goal after goal after goal, then it's a bigger problem at LAFC because they're not, they're not diagnosing what's wrong. I don't think that's the case. I think they know. They have to know. If I know, they know. If you know, they know. And that's not to insult any of you that listen to this show. It's they have to know it's painfully obvious where the problems are. Um, now you have Latif Blessing who can paper over some of those things because he is a good one-on-one defender. But like I said, he's frequently out of position because that's not his natural position. If he's gonna learn it, then that's okay. But um, you can't you can't go into the playoffs. And expect to win MLS Cup if that's the plan. You can't. Uh, to his credit, I still think Dejan Jakovic has been uh, a good defender. I think he got beat a handful of times today. That's going to happen to any defender um, on occasion. And I think he the what encourages me is his ability. He has surprising... He, he's surprisingly fast. Uh, he's able to recover quickly. Uh, he puts out a ton of fires. He's able to make you know one-on-one tackles, last-ditch tackles. Um, he's not the best with the ball at his feet, uh, but he's he's been he's been fine. He's been fine. Where I really think the problems are, are are right back, and again, it's a problem because you don't know what Tristan Blackman is doing. And I, I guess I didn't see the injury report today, but um, I, I assume he's out because I didn't see him on the on on the uh, the lineup that LAFC put out. Um, I realize that some people might be thinking right now, well, you've contradicted yourself because you said some defenders are going to get beat, and yet you've written off Andy Nahar. Um, I, yeah, I, if that's, if you see that as a contradiction, here's, here's where I, uh, here's where I'm going to press you. I have seen nothing from Andy Nahar. I have seen plenty of times that Yakovich has bailed out this team tonight alone. And I have seen nothing from Andy Nahar other than a handful of passes here and there that have made me optimistic about, about him. Every time I see him one-on-one, I feel like he gets beat. Um, Anytime I see him off the ball, he seems out of position. And tonight, he, again, as a veteran, a quote-unquote veteran, lost track of a 19-year-old kid running straight through the box. I think Jackson Ewell's 19. He's super young. Um, To me, those kind of things, when a defender isn't scanning and he's all alone in the box defending and, and he has no idea of what's going on around him, that is a major, major red flag for me. Um, so yeah, if that makes me a hypocrite, then so be it. But, uh, I, I'm, I'm out on Andy Nahar now, maybe, uh, maybe in the next three or four months, he proves me wrong. Nobody would be more happy about that than, than me. Maybe he turns into Danny Alves. I don't know. Or Philip Lahm, uh, maybe a better example, but, uh, I don't see it. I just, I just don't, I don't see it. Um, And I think this team is going to continue to struggle until they lock down that position. And again, the fortune that they have is there's two different ways to handle this. You can either move Tristan Blackman out there and sign a legitimate center back uh, who's going to be your center back for the next two, three, four years. Again, I know they've been linked to Tim Parker. Uh, I don't know if that's still in the works. Um, or you say, no, nope, Tristan is going to be a center back. And until he's ready, then Yakovic is going to be the guy. And we're going to sign this right back. Um, that's fine. Either way, you can sign somebody in either position and it can't be Betashore anymore because he's with Colorado, but, uh, you got to do something. If this team does make it to the playoffs, which I think right now, I don't know. They're probably in seventh or eighth place right now. I'm not exactly sure how the table falls after. I think they went into the match in sixth place, so depending on how everybody else does uh, somewhere around there, if they make the playoffs, I have zero confidence that they're going to be able to string together three, four wins in order to to win MLs cup uh, because we don't see it now. I don't think we've I don't think we've put together three wins all season. uh, three wins in a row, that is. Um, so I I don't know why anybody would believe that's possible, um, with the way the LAFC have performed. That's again, that's not to say that they can't do it once Vela gets back and they have a little bit more offensive production. Um, sure. That's going to help once Blackman is healthy again, and you can do something with your back line. Sure. That helps, but. Uh, he's been here too, this entire season and the defensive, uh, you know, the, the back four haven't looked good, so they're going to have to do something. Uh, and if they don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. And maybe, maybe the plan is, you know what, this is a weird year. So we're just gonna do what we can and see what happens. If we go to the playoffs and win a game, great. Uh, we didn't even think we we're going to have a season this year. And if we flame out before then, Oh, well, we won't hold it against anybody. I don't necessarily subscribe to that manner of thinking. I think if you're going to compete, then you need to compete. And everybody is under the same exact constraints that we are. Um, so to me, I, am not, uh, I'm not assuaged by that type of, of, uh, of argument. The idea that, well, this is a weird year, uh, yeah, it's a weird year for everybody and everybody in, in MLS is dealing with it. So I'm not satisfied with that. Um, again, I'll be interested to to hear what they say, what all the coaches and players say in the pressers, because um, that's typically where we get all the excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see positives from tonight. Uh, Mark Anthony K's goal was great. I thought it was interesting to see Eddie Sakura <laughs> all the way forward and play like a cutback pass from the back line. Uh, even Dayan Jakovic had one like that, um, where he almost looked lost on the ball once he got down there. Like, oh, well, I've made, I managed to make it all the way down here because I lost my, my man initially, but now what do I do? Um, yeah, Kay's finish on that is great. First time left-footed shot right inside the near post. Uh, was a little displeased with Kay missing that, that first shot that he had off of the corner. I think it may have been BWP that wins the initial header near post and flicks it on for K who's on the back post alone. Um, It is a difficult volley, but uh, it's on essentially a wide open goal. Um, I didn't feel like Rossi or BWP had a whole lot of time on the ball. Uh, I'd have to go back and and watch again to see if San Jose was doing something uh, tracking them more closely um, with whoever was marking them. But Um, it's again, great to see how back. Um, I mean, that's really, yeah, there was, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, it, it wasn't like, I didn't feel like LAFC controlled the game all that well. Uh, they did create chances, 13 shots on goal. Uh, San Jose had the same, uh, or 13 shots. I should say three shots on goal, I think for LAFC. And then San Jose had 13 shots as well with, I think seven or eight on, on target. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I would say that's it. Yakovich, like I said, did really well coming back and, and winning balls off of, uh, on the counter. Um, Sifuentes continues to impress me. Uh, I assume he got subbed off just for load management and, uh, yeah, I, that's about it. As far as positive goes, uh, it's, it <laughs> it wasn't a very impressive game. We're we're talking about a San Jose team that has given up dozens of goals in the last seven or eight games, and they were only able to manage one. Uh, The last time they scored two goals, I think, was against the Galaxy when I checked, like two months, like a month and a half ago or something like that. That was the last time they scored two goals. Uh, Just... Just bad. Just bad. Uh, Matias Almeida has been on the hot seat, it seems. Trying everything. Taking his team on team retreats as if they were like a middle school band. Like renting a bus and going out in the woods. Uh, And you lost to this team. That it, it's just, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing how far LAFC have fallen. Um, with all that being said, let's get into some questions here. Um, we'll see, we'll see how this all ends up when I'm, when we're done going through these questions. Uh, the first comment is from Tycho B and G at Tycho blue. And all it is, is yuck with the puking emoji. Uh, and yeah, that's, 100% accurate. Uh, man, losing to San Jose like that, giving Matias Almeida uh, a win to hang his hat on, um, to cover up yet another bad haircut, that, that hat that he's got. Um, Man, uh, just embarrassing, really. Al Hopkins at Culver City Al. A little too patient, but we had our chances and missed them. We controlled the game, but honestly, nothing to worry about. We're playing well and just need to keep building chemistry without Vela. Imagine how Carson feels right now. Um, I will say I, I do agree that we were a little too patient in the buildup. Josh and I have talked about this in the past where sometimes it seems like we're looking to walk a goal in and that's okay Like to, you know, tactically to be trying to, you know, score a bunch of sitters that are obviously high percentage uh, I felt like Latif towards the end. Ah, man, it was like the 88th, the 89th minute, where he gets free into the box and does the typical Latif blessing thing, where he's just dancing on the ball a little bit too much, as opposed to trying to find that last killer pass and ends up uh, giving the ball away. Uh, I think that's a good example of, of us being too patient. Uh, we did have chances and we did miss them again. Rodriguez comes to mind, K comes to mind. Uh Rossi had one that he probably could have played across for BWP and instead was saved as he tried to go across to face a goal. Um I, I don't I don't know that I agree that we're playing well. I think we've seen them play well in stretches and when they and when they do, they can turn it back on and they score tons of goals. Um and then are able to to keep the other team at bay as they chase. Um and yeah, I mean I Vela is coming back, I assume mid October, so you still need to be able to create chances without him. I, I do agree with that. I I don't know did Carson lose tonight? I I, I I I honestly don't know. Um I know it hasn't gone well for them since Chicharito came back, but uh, I I really don't like comparing us comparing us to them because we're uh, we're supposed to be a different club. We're supposed to uh, we're supposed to represent the city. We're supposed to play the beautiful game. We're supposed to build from uh, build from within more as opposed to just going out and signing Galacticos, right? Uh, and trying to make everything fit. And so for, I mean, for those reasons, obviously we can't build 100% from within because we're so, we're so new. Um, But I I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm glad that they don't feel good apparently, but uh, I don't, that doesn't make me feel good. I mean, it it makes me uh, a little bit, it makes me a little bit happier in like a trolley way, but um, it doesn't, it doesn't make my expectations of LAFC any less, but uh, I do appreciate the tweet, Al, uh, and a little bit of perspective there. 800 meters and running at Tetlow. I love playing young players, but depth is an issue. There's a big gap in quality between first 11 and Janella Giaco, Duke, and Musavski. It feels like this team just needs more quality. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I think it's a problem that your starting number nine can't go a full 90 ever. Um, and that's not that's not to take away from BWP He's fantastic when he's on the pitch. Um, And he's a guy that I definitely, I definitely want to have involved, but when you enter a game, knowing that you're going to have to sub him off at 60 at a minimum, it seems um, counterproductive, even in these times where we have five, you know, we, we can make five subs. Uh, If one of them is already spoken for before the first whistle even blows, Um, no matter what the game state is, that's, that's a a weakness. And for, you know, so far it's been a strength because BWP has been so, so great for us, but, um, eventually you're going to have to do something else where you have a guy that you can rely on for 90, but if you need an extra spark to come off the bench, it is BWP. Or if that guy needs a breather for a game, you have BWP well rested and ready to go. Um, I will say that uh, I, I'm a I'm still a big fan of Janella, but I I have changed my tune. I don't I don't think he's the starter that I initially thought he was. Um, at least right now, I still think the qualities that he brings to the game are different than what you're going to get from Latif or Mark Anthony K but his defensive lapses and sometimes I feel like he's just a little bit lost. He hasn't quite fit in tactically like Sifuentes has. Um, he's going to take some more time. Again, I think Yakovich here is, uh, has filled in admirably. I do agree that um, we could probably do better in terms of, especially when it comes to passing. Uh, but, I think he's. I think he's been fine. So he's like the one guy that I probably wouldn't group with them. Duke agreed. We haven't seen much of him lately. We talked about him on the on the last episode of the show. Would he benefit from a loan, or does he need to stay with the team? Uh, and then musavski's is a great example as well of a guy. Uh, if you need a goal, if you need a moment of magic, Musovsky's not going to give it to you. Is he going to put away? Uh, professional goals yeah absolutely we saw that we've seen it a handful of times and uh, just last week with with his goal against I don't remember who it was now Um, but receives the ball receives a great pass in behind from K and does a great job of beating the keeper one-on-one so I think you're going to get competent striker play once the ball is at his feet but we're not talking about a guy who's gonna create on his own like Dio used to for us, or BWP is capable of doing. Uh, he's a guy that is going to finish chances if they are there. And right now, there's not many chances being created. Um, so I, I do agree that they, they do need more quality. And I think we've definitely seen that as... Uh, the starting 11 from last year is very different to what the starting 11 has been this year, even without to and Vela around where you haven't had Dio for large stretches because he's been injured. Um, you, it took, I feel like it took a little while for BWP to get fit again after coming back from his injury. Um, so we didn't really know who was going to be in that front three. um, But, I mean, while LAFC were burning down the league last year, you had a front three of Dio, Vela, and Rossi, right? And then that became uh, Vela, Rodriguez, and Rossi. And we know that Rodriguez isn't the finisher that Dio was. Uh, He's a good facilitator, like we said. Uh, I think still leading the league in assists. But that's that's what you're getting. So you're going from a, a creator, a guy that can create his own goals, and will definitely finish all his chances in Dio to a guy that's going to facilitate for the others around him uh, in um, Vela and Rossi. And then in the midfield, <clears throat> last year it was Mark Anthony K Blessing, and Atuesta. And this year you haven't had Atuesta for large stretches. Mark Anthony Kay was suspended. Let's see, Blessing is filling in at right back because you no longer have Beta Shore or Zimmerman there. Uh, Jordan Harvey is in the starting lineup. Tyler Miller's gone. So there's there's just been so much rotation that I think sometimes, because some of these players have been around the club for a while, we tend to just associate them with what happened with LAFC last year, even though I think I think last time I counted, there were five of the, of the starting 11, like the dominant starting 11 from last year that aren't with the team now. Um so again, I totally agree that uh, we lack both depth uh, and, and quality right now in the starting 11 because we're throwing Latif Blessing at right back and Jakovic is starting and uh, it's just kind of you know all over the place. Jeffrey Bamaka, Jeff Bamaka, given the attacking nature of the LAFC way of playing, goals will be conceded, right? Especially to teams countering and running down the flanks. But when you can't score, then what? The focus has to go on how to keep teams from scoring, right? Uh, yeah, 100% right. LFC you're going to concede goals, not this many goals. Um, and the goals tonight were conceded, again, not from counterattacks, but from uh, just restarts. I can't even call them set pieces, but it just restarts from the San Jose half. Uh, and... <laughs> we're still out of position. Like that's crazy. It's crazy to me that we are out of position in those situations. Um, so part of it is you have to tamp down on those goals. Uh, and I don't know that there's any other explanation than the ones that I've already given so many times that the personnel is different. Um, vastly different on that back line. Uh, Jeff continues. Vela provided almost 40 goals last season more given as assist tally with that gone clean sheets and defensive shutdowns are even more vital. We need to find a way to either make up for Vela's goals or keep teams from scoring. Yeah. Again, no, no disagreement there. He's absolutely right. You're missing, uh, a proven goal scorer. Who's going to both create and finish. Um, so you can't be conceding, uh, it, it shows how thin MLS rosters are that when you sell one guy like Walker Zimmerman and start to plan and then you suffer another injury or two and all of a sudden you're in dire straits. Um, to me, the cardinal sin that we have committed is not signing somebody to replace Walker Zimmerman uh, or having a legitimate plan in place. Like I said, the the plan was uh if your plan was Blackman and nahar uh then i guess that was a legitimate idea but the plan is proven to not work so you gotta you gotta change and i think that's what jeff is getting at here travis helwig at travis helwig what does joy feel like travis when you find it send it my way because i <laughs> i have no idea and i could i could use some of that uh PG at Paul T Greco. Have we hit rock bottom yet? Sent in, um I oh and then it's like a administrative note about his next tweet. Um I don't know. It's certainly losing 2-1 to the team the objectively worst team in MLS who has, you know, what, I'm going to pull it up real quick, who has lost their their last games in just remarkable fashion. So they, in the month of September, including, uh, before tonight's match had played seven matches in September, Colorado. I'm going to go back in reverse chronological order, Colorado, five nil loss, Portland, six, one loss, San Jose, sorry, Portland again, uh, one, one draw San, LA galaxy did it again, LA galaxy, uh, Nil-nil, a scoreless draw. Seattle, 7-1 loss. Colorado, 1-1 draw. LAFC, 5-1 loss, that is. Galaxy, this is now back into August. Galaxy, 3-2. Minnesota, 4-1. And that goes all, that takes us, that's back to the restart, the beginning of the restart. So, uh Actually, no, the beginning of the restart I think was San Jose versus Salt Lake, which they it did win five to two. So you're talking about a team who in their last ten games have scored a total of let's see, I'm gonna do this really quick on the fly, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, 10 goals. 10 goals in their last 10 games. And they have conceded, let's see here, 5, 6, 12, uh, 13, 19, oh, man, 20, 25, 28, 32 goals. They've conceded 32 goals and scored 10 in their last 10 games. So to answer Paul's question, this should be rock bottom. Rock bottom should be losing to the San Jose team. But I feel like hitting rock bottom requires that somebody realize that, yes, this is rock bottom, and then make a change. And I am not confident in that yet. Again, into the transfer window, fingers crossed. Uh, Paul also sends in, we cannot string, uh, we cannot string together consistent wins. Where do we go from here? Is 2020 uh, done for sure? Surely we can uh, we cannot just rely on Vela to save our season, right? We should not rely on Vela to save our season uh, because again, we don't even know if, when he's going to come back or uh, how long it's going to take him to get back to full fitness uh I don't think we should have to in most instances we've seen this team put it together in short stretches and play well um we've seen this team play well without Vela in the past but uh I <laughs> this is not the same team that played well while Vela was in the uh while Vela was at the World Cup I don't think 2020 is done for because we can still make the playoffs. And I think if you at least make the playoffs, then um, especially uh, in this year, then you're, you're fine. Um, but if you don't make the playoffs in this expanded format where it's really hard to, to miss them, Again, like the top eight teams, I, te- I think, from each conference where there's only 12 or 13 teams, uh, if you don't make them, it is a massive, massive failure. Um, the kind of failure that requires significant organizational change. Um, because I mean, man, failing to make these playoffs is, is bad. It's just bad. So for me, that would be um, once we're out of the playoff picture, then 2020 is done for me. Um, but if you make the playoffs and they start to put things together in the next month, then um, I think you still have a fighting chance of, of doing something. All right, next one, Christopher Colonna, Cristo at Cristo. Wow, nine five three one seven nine two eight. I want Thornton on the phone tonight, and for as long as it takes to sign a quality defender, no excuses, no more waiting for things to come together with these players in, in defense. It's not going to happen ever. The front office needs to sign a defender now, right now. Yeah, Chris. I again, uh, I feel like I've spent the last forty five minutes on this show talking about it. Uh, they need, they need a defender, and the. They can they can sign a center back or a right back, either one. I'm fine with it. Figure out what you're going to do and make it happen. Preferably both, um, but man, you have got to sign at least one that is going to be a starter that is going to come in and say, "Nope, this is my spot. I'm not moving. You will not be able to take me off the field." because I'm too vital to what's going on and add some sort of, sort of stability to this back line, uh, because it is awful. All right. Uh, Seth Kleinowitz at Bobby Villa, ugly AF. Yep. No disagreements there. It's just bad, just bad. Uh, so those are all the questions for tonight. Um, again, there are pieces here that can make LAFC tick. The midfield with Sifuentes is revamped, and I think you can have uh, a midfield that includes Atuesta, Kay, and Cifuentes that's going to cook defenders, uh, cook opposing teams like last year. Um, I think you can have uh, a good enough attack with Rossi Rodriguez and BWP. But that's only for 60 minutes. Once you bring in Musovski, everything changes because now you don't have that threat in the middle and it's much easier to double the wingers, the, the more dangerous wingers. Once you get Vela back, that problem's alleviated. But until you get this backline situation figured out, you are going to continue to have problems. So there are significant building blocks and there's still time in the transfer window to get it done. Um, I have to assume that there are going to be uh transfers made because l a f c has has used this transfer window the summer transfer window to make all their big signings in the past that doesn't to me that doesn't mean that there's going to be a big signing but uh it would signify to me that there probably will be at least a signing um <sighs> I guess we could talk about the Brian Rodriguez rumors as well, uh, rumored to Torino FC in in Italy. Uh, I think I mentioned it on the, on the last show. Everybody knows this isn't like breaking news. Uh, I haven't seen any more rumors. Um, I assume things are just still being finalized, or maybe it was all just smoke in the first place. I don't. I don't know. Um, but I don't think. I think if you get Vela back and you and you do move on from Rodriguez and you have BWP you're probably going to need to bring in another winger in this window if you can and maybe that's why LAFC is waiting is they're waiting to get you know uh, they could be waiting on a, getting another deal finalized on an incoming player um before they before they pull the trigger on sending Rodriguez to Italy but um to me that's what would have to happen um, so that's all the LFC stuff I have for tonight. I did tweet out a couple of days ago when the whole Evan Turner Zach Stefan debate started. So if you're interested in hearing you uh about the United States men's national team, stay tuned. And if not, thank you for having her, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, and we'll be back to talk about LAFC in a couple of days when they face RSL. Uh, real quick on the on the Evan Turner Zach Steffen business, Matthew Doyle put out his starting eleven for the USMNT last week through extra time, the MLS state sponsored podcast, and said that Evan Turner should be on there because he's the superior keeper. Um, I think that is silly. And for a lot more reasons than just the external validation of, well, you need to have, you know, if he was, if he was really any good, then he get looks from Europe. That's true. But it's not the only reason. Um, Zach Steffen right now uh, was not only uh, a great keeper in MLS and a good shot stopper, but he's good with his feet. Good enough with his feet for Man City to, to go get him, uh, even though they sent him out on loan. But if for no other reason, consider that Pep Guardiola, who is the modern-day Johan Cruyff, like he's the heir to Johan Cruyff, right? Um, of, he's the heir apparent to total football. And he's right now his backup keeper. And he's pleased with the performance that he put in against uh, whoever it was over the weekend. I can't even remember who it was in the cup. Um, This is a man who trusts Zach Steffen's feet, which is what Greg Berhalter apparently wants to do with the U.S. men's national team is play possession football. Uh, I will admit that I don't watch a whole lot of New England revolution. So maybe... Maybe Evan Turner is Manuel Neuer, just living in Boston. Uh, I don't think that's the case, but Matt Doyle does. So, I guess we, I guess we all needed to just shut up and listen. Uh, this was further. Um, this whole situation was further amplified when John Mueller, Mueller, whatever his name is, tweeted out a video about the width of Evan Turner's feet when making a, a stop and compared it to one shot from Stefan, the one goal that went in the other day against Stefan. Um, and this is where I start to have problems with it because this is what we see from the MLS, like state media as me and Josh call them is oftentimes you see Matt Doyle say something, uh, particularly trollish and I think it's designed to be that way it's designed to to just ruffle people's feathers um and to get people talking about it you see Alexi Lalas do the same thing a lot of people in the American soccer media do follow this pattern it's why Alexi still has a job it's it's the skip Bayless method to be quite honest we'll say something crazy we'll get clicks and we'll win the news cycle and we'll move on to the next day. Um, if you've heard this before in other arenas, uh, it shouldn't be surprising uh, because there are <laughs> there are definitely other cynical actors in this country that do the same thing. Um, so John Mueller puts out this video about how Stefan wasn't positioned correctly um, and puts up a few simple graphics about, you know, he's, he's not cutting out the angle, right? I don't agree with his analysis because Zach Stefan is reading where his own defender is and is therefore in a good position. He's supposed to be taking away the near post because his defender is taking away the far post. Um, And the way that, John puts together his graphics, it's unclear because he he basically takes all the players off the field and puts just circles up and shows you where he thinks everybody should be. Um, And again, maybe he got that right, but I can't tell from the video if that's right. And then he cites a study about keepers having their legs wide when shot stopping. And in this video, he just shows Zach Steffen with his feet close together on one and then shows multiple... Uh, multiple clips of Evan of of Evan Turner sh- stopping shots when with his feet wide apart. Now, I'm not disputing that being you know having your feet wide when goalkeeping is going to help you generate power when diving and therefore increase your shot stopping ability. What I am disputing is the fact that you're using one opportunity and one criteria, well, one criterion to judge who is going to be the better U.S. keeper. Uh, and it's uh, who's going to be the U.S., the better U.S. keeper for the man who proclaims to be uh, installing possession-based football in the United States men's national team. And I would say that arguably is just as important that the keeper is able to play with his feet as it is for him to stop shots uh, in that sort of system. So unless you're going to make that argument, I don't want to hear about Evan Turner as the men's national team keeper. I just don't. I don't care about how wide his feet are. If, If Stefan is a decent shot stopper and amazing with his feet, then that's all I need to know if Evan Turner is an amazing shot stopper and decent with his feet i'm going to ride with Zach Steffen if those are if those are their ratings um so it it gets to something deeper with me which is that we just accept that Greg Berhalter is installing things the right way that he's calling up the right players that uh you know he knows exactly what he's doing with uh and, and how to install this sort of system. And to his credit, he's he's ridden with Zach Steffen in this case. But uh it's it's interesting to me to see the US soccer media continually give Greg Burhalter a pass on his performance and then pick something like which keeper he's going to bring in um out as as like their their one critique when Arguably, that's the best thing that Greg Berhalter's done <laughs> is bring in a keeper that fits his system, uh, his purported system. I will, I will say, um, so I the whole thing bothers me because again, I think it's a. I think the shot stopping is a bit of a red herring. I don't think there's any proof that Zach Steffen is a bad shot stopper. I know they put up some data about Evan Turner being the best shot stopper uh, of late in MLS, and again, that's fine. I whatever, uh, but can he play with his feet is the more important criteria for me there. Um, and I think Zach Stefan has proven that he can do that, so to me, that's it is you have to you have to look at what Burhalter says he's trying to do, and then who is going to fit that and I don't know maybe may and maybe they do have problems with Burhalter. Uh, they just don't talk about it, which is another problem all in and of itself. Um, but that's all I have to say about, uh, the, uh, the USMNT goalkeeper situation. I love talking about this stuff. So, uh, if you, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, please do. If you want me to record an episode, me and Josh to record an episode talking about US soccer, please uh, let us know. Um, But that's all I have for tonight. You can tweet at the show at Counterpress, at Counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey or Josh at LAFC Josh. Again, thanks for listening and we will talk to you in a few days.